This week on Glistening Particles. You know, what we're doing with Forest Founders is we're trying to create the tools, like I was saying, you know, if we can harness the power of American consumerism to plant trees and to, you know, bring nature Mm -hmm. and economics into harmony, you know, that would be such a powerful force. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, listeners, we need more listeners. And why? Because these people are sharing amazing stories and we need more of that in the world today, right? And so if you'd like to help pass the word around about Glistening Particles, head out to your social media to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, find the Glistening Particles page and share the latest episode with your social media contacts. And if you'd like to leave a comment on there, uh, I promise you I'll be out there answering it. So hope to hear from you. In this episode, I'm talking with Ford Seaman, and he's an entrepreneur who started a company that helps us plant trees around our country and the world. And he did it in such a simple way that everybody can join in and make a difference. Ford has a great story of what inspired him to leave some pretty secure jobs and hop into something crazy like entrepreneurship, as well as the influences that inspired him to do so. And we talk a lot about trees, and you know how much I love that, so it's a lot of fun. Here's Ford. Hi, Ford. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Oh, man, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm pretty excited because if you've ever listened to any of my past episodes here and there, um, you would know that a long time ago, I wanted to marry coffee. Then I wanted to marry my iPhone. And then I went out to California and met the Redwoods and I want to marry the Redwoods. So like, I'm a super, super tree lover. So the fact that you're going to talk about um, reforestation today makes me really happy. Uh, why don't we start with having you tell people what it is that you're doing? Well, first, let me just say how amazing the redwoods are out in California. I, uh, yeah, I them. It's just, it's magical. The uh, the whole energy out there, those giant trees, it really helps you put things into perspective, uh, kind of get down to the root of what's actually important, no pun intended, or maybe, maybe, maybe intended <laughs> just a little bit. It is. They are. There's something you can't really you can't really uh, understand it until you're there and you really see it. And it's almost like there's nothing else I would need. So the fact that you're going to create more of these trees in the world makes I, me I wish happy. that we could plant redwoods exclusively with our program, but uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> but let me dive right in. So uh, a number of years ago, I was working actually as a general manager at a restaurant, and uh, you know this is after I had done a couple other things. Uh, 
went down the career path of a couple other options. I was working on Wall Street for a while, uh, founded my own beverage company, but it all just, it felt, it felt empty, you know, being a, being a broker, it mm. just, um, there wasn't any value added. It felt like uh, all I was doing was, you know, spinning my, spinning my wheels and just trying to survive. And uh, when my daughter was born, you know, just surviving wasn't an option anymore. I had to uh, feel like I was living a more fulfilled life. Um, and I wanted to bring something of real value to the world. So um, my nonprofit is Forest Founders. We have a program right now that plants trees on our members' behalf. Uh, a membership is $20 a month, and we plant 25 trees. When conceptualizing uh, Forest Founders, you know, I felt like as a, as a native New Yorker, um, it was hard for me to, you know, it, sure, we can all recycle, we can take shorter showers, we can try to walk or bike to work, but they're all half measures. Um, you know, it, it doesn't even, it hardly negates your carbon footprint. The, you know, the, the biggest thing that we can do as individuals, believe it or not, is we could all become vegan. Um, if you stop eating meat, it literally will reduce uh, an immediate reduction of about 40 to 50% uh, on your carbon footprint. But you know, how many people even hearing that statistic and having the passion and, and, and you know, knowing that the problem exists, how many people are actually going to go out and do that? And I'm sad to say that I'm included in that category. Um, so I created Forest Founders because I knew how many people were in that category. Uh, you know, it's, it's an easy way. We throw our money at so many things. Why not throw it at something as important as saving the environment? Um, you know, we, we, we need the tools to really, to, to be able to make that impact. It, it, it's very difficult as an individual to change enough of your behavior to make a significant difference, as sad as that is. Well, and I think as you put the tools in your, um, in your app so that we can see the impact we're having. Like when we say 1 trillion trees, that sounds completely daunting and impossible. Insane. But if you had some simulations in there of, oh, if we had this many people around the world doing this, we would solve that in two years or we would solve that in five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing. It's We have a lot of people and a lot of people that can probably afford $20 a month to help, you know, reforest our planet well think about and it if you, instead of paying yeah. your uh, your netflix dues what if you put all that money towards planting trees i mean sure you right. don't get the content but you know it's it's in that vein that we came up with this you know, this program a subscription model 20 bucks a month mm -hmm. 25 trees planted it's uh it's not rocket surgery well and and really think about it though it's like four starbucks a month yeah yeah exactly it's uh that's it's, it <laughs> you know it's four coffees. It's one movie. It's, you know what I mean? It's not like it's one dinner. It's less out. than one tank of gas. It, right, right. I think it's the right model because if you said $50 a month or $100 a month, I think people would go, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. But $20 a month, that's it, manageable. Yeah, and we, we can't do it with one model. We have to figure out just like that. So our mission is to create the tools to allow individuals and businesses to become carbon accountable. This is the individual model. We are in the process to develop tools to allow businesses to do this as a third party because it's very difficult to do it internally. If you're one business, how do people track their progress across the whole spectrum? That's why we need a third party that these businesses can link to so people can track their progress you know, against all of the businesses that are planting trees. It has to be. It can't come internally from the businesses. But nobody, I, like, I'm just... 
I'm surprised that I've, you know, been on the forefront of trying to help figure it out. This is something that I feel has been needed for so long. But at the same time, all the time, effort, energy, money that I've had to sink into this isn't something that, you know, an average person could just decide one day, wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I think I'm going to change the world. It's, you know, I, I still have a hard time putting that out there. Like, I don't think I'm changing the world. I just think that I'm doing something I'm passionate about and I'm trying to bring, you know, everybody who's passionate about it uh, together with me. Let's change the world together, guys. Well, I sure hope you change the world. I really, I really, really do. I think um, your excitement behind this and, and the fact that you said you've thought about this for a long time, I always think that when we get an idea, which we get ideas all day, every day, everybody does. And some people seem to get more, some people seem to get less, but in general, we all get ideas. And I always feel like it's the ones that won't go away that are the ones that are mine. I'm supposed to do it. Like if that keeps coming back to me, clearly that's been, it's put on my plate to do. And so you answered that calling and that's amazing. Well, I mean, I had to, I want grand, I want grandbabies. (laughs) How's my daughter going to feel comfortable having kids of her own? If this is the planet we're leaving to them, it's, uh, it's sad. We, we have to address it. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, we have to be the generation right now in this moment that makes a collective change. And how do we do that without the proper tools? It's that simple. We all have to do our part. And that's where, you know, I, I feel very strongly that forest founders can really find a foothold. Yeah, what you're doing is definitely making a change. And again, I think just showing what can happen if you listen to that calling, which is just as exciting, really. Let me get back to the origin story. It, it starts in a sad place. In 2010, my mother was uh, hit and killed by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm still a, a huge mama's boy. So that, that really uh, threw me off my game, kind of flipped my world upside down for a very long time. And uh, you know, I kind of floated, floated through life a little bit, taking different positions here and there, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But I didn't have that guidance and that clarity that she had always helped bring me. So, um, how old were you then? Twenty-three. Wow, I'm so yeah. sorry. Okay, continue. No, it was, uh, you know, a very dark chapter in, you know, my mm. life. Um, and I'd say it wasn't, you know, I I had friends that told me, oh, you you haven't even started mourning, and I had never really understood that until my daughter was born. And um, you know, my marriage, uh, my my wedding was bittersweet. My daughter's birth was a little bittersweet because my mom couldn't be there. But, you know, having my daughter, um, who was my mom's namesake, actually, Mm. really meant a lot. And it put a lot of things, uh, you know, it it made me very introspective. Um, You know, I asked, I started asking, started asking the questions of, uh, you know, what kind of legacy would I want to leave for my daughter um, based off the legacy that my mom left for me. So one of the things uh, I love sharing to, you know, with um, my mom every night, you know, that she went to bed, she, her head hit the pillow. She was proud of every action that she had taken throughout that day. Um, you know, she always stuck to her own moral compass and it served her well. So I wanted to leave that for my daughter. Um, and I started thinking about, you know, just doing something grander, being the general manager of a ramen restaurant, just it didn't seem like the path in life that I was meant to be on. <laughs> yeah, that's a harder one to like have feel like you have a purpose with. I mean, it's necessary, but it's different. I mean, especially because right? uh, you know, little old Japanese ladies would come in and look up and down, and they go, "Oh, white boy, this is not." I'd be like, oh. <laughs> like, does a cow have to run a steakhouse? What is this? 
<laughs> hey, by the way, how old She's is your daughter? Now. She just turned three on uh, November 22nd. Okay. And, uh, Helena. Okay. She's my, right. my, my son and stars. My world revolves oh, out there. Oh, I know how that is. <laughs> Yeah. She's, uh, she's awesome. But um, back to the story. So, you know, I, I kind of sat down with myself and um, I'd always loved nature. And I, I thought, what is it that I could do that would make myself proud, that would make my mama proud, and that would be a great legacy for my daughter to have? And uh, I think the most pressing issue of our times um, is is climate change. You know, we don't, we're not as I feel like it's not as in our face as it is in some other places in the world. There are whole island nations that are having to be, you know, totally pick everything up and move, relocate. Um, it's -hmm. crazy, but we definitely feel the effects here. Um, and it's an insurmountable uh, challenge. It really is. Some days I wake up and I'm terrified that I've taken this on, you know, not, not to sound like I'm going to be the one, but uh, you know, I wanted I wanted to create the tools to allow people to take accountability for their own carbon footprint. Our mission is to create the tools to allow individuals and businesses to become carbon accountable through the gamification of the environment. Well, there is like this lack of awareness. I mean, I've become more aware of it probably in the last three years just by having conversations with people that are environmental activists. But there was prior to that, and I like to think I'm a relatively educated woman, a lack of awareness. I live in the Midwest. There's not a lot of like obvious climate change issues happening other than maybe more storms or harsher winters or whatever it is. But I think there's this lack of awareness. And in the world today, it's almost impossible not to know about it. I mean, with things like Greta Thunberg's work and just all of the attention that came to her and what she was trying to do, created an awareness that I think for some people never existed before. They just didn't see it, you know? And so this is a perfect time to tap into people who now go, what can I do? I want to do something yeah, to help. This is like the more. perfect You know, time. we launched our program, you know, when the uh, Amazon was burning, not that it has ever not been burning, but when, you know, when Leo uh, started tweeting about it, so the average person started caring. Um <laughs> You know, one thing that people don't realize right. is the Congo is actually burning at a much higher rate um, than the Amazon, and that's been pretty consistent. You know, you talk about how it's an awareness issue. I I come at it from a little bit of a different angle. I don't want to say I disagree, but, um, you know, I feel like people have been aware that it's been an issue for decades. You know, ExxonMobil, they just got sued recently because... Mm-hmm. You know, they had all these studies and reports that they had been aware of, uh, knowing what them pumping all these fossil fuels was doing and how the future was going to turn out. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of sad. Well, I think when I say it's an awareness, I think we just kept thinking, or many people, and probably myself five years ago or more, kept thinking, well, our government's going to take care of it. You know, something's going to happen. We'll take care of that. But now there's this it's a different world where we can take a grassroots effort and make a difference, you know, by collectively contributing what we can. And I think that the harder thing too, is that there's, there's just so much more uh, with social media and uncensored news, we get so much more information that's real. And that, I mean, well, a lot that we have to filter through as well, but boots on the ground kind of experiences that we didn't really have yeah, before. Sensory overload. There's so much of it. It almost makes you feel helpless. Like why even bother? There's nothing we can do at this point. 
Totally. Like when the, when I saw the Amazon, I was like in tears. It just makes it, or California, obviously, every time there's a fire there. And now that I've been out there so many times, I know people and I know that they're going, they're in it. And I know that the house that yeah. I stay in every year is in it. You know what I mean? It's like on the right, almost there. And I mean, the Getty Museum almost burned down recently. It's crazy. Billions, billions upon billions of dollars of fine art. Our, you know, our history is in there. Um, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to to think of the scales of these fires. I'll, I'll hit you with the fun fact. This, this, this might be one of the random facts that I use. I'm gonna pull it out now because I think it, it, it works. Yeah, an early hitter right here. Oh, um, oh, an early hit. Okay. So every year around December, November, December, we actually cut down between 20 and 35 million trees for the Christmas tree industry. So recently, um, Mr. Beast, Elon Musk, mm. and a couple other social media influencers got together and started this uh, this whole trending, um, it wasn't just a hashtag, it was, you know, they actually, I, I'm not knocking it, so please don't take it this way. Um, they did something great and they raised $20 million mm-hmm. to plant 20 million trees and they, they hit their mark and everybody patted themselves on the back. The whole YouTube community got behind it. But when you think about that, that doesn't even cover the Christmas trees that we cut down this mm-hmm. year alone. It's it's a fraction of a fraction. It allows people to feel are doing something without there being much being done. So I love Elon Musk. He's one of my absolute heroes. He actually donated a million dollars himself to the campaign. It was incredible. But I read a statistic that you would have to plant two times that many trees Mm -hmm. per day just to negate the carbon footprint of America. So we're talking about 40 million trees a day. Um, You know, every day of the year, uh, and and they 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 planted a fraction of a fraction of that, and that was a lot mm-hmm. of money that they raised. Daunting, it's a daunting task. I like to tell people, um, you know, I say that Forest Founders is in existence to create the tools to allow people to become carbon accountable. It's about the tools. So what we have, rather than you know, there are a lot of nonprofits out there. One tree, one dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, donate as you wish. Here's a carbon calculator. Figure it out yourself. For me, it's not good enough. We don't need people to, you know, throw some money at something to feel good one time. We need to create the tools to allow people to become accountable for this carbon issue. Um, so what I like to tell people is that we're making a sustainably sustainable solution. I know it's a little redundant. <laughs> we're trying to do a trademark on uh, carbon accountability. That's, uh, that, that's our big one right there because um, I feel like that's what it's all about. So how do you do that? Like I... How do I know myself? Like, for example, um, I had this guy on a while back, Craig Latar, episode 111, if anyone wants to go back and check it out. He's an ecotourist in South Africa. And the company that he works for that does wilderness tours is extremely attentive to their carbon footprint to the point that they report on it as part of their annual report. They are always trying to do everything they can to reverse what they've done. And how do we as an individual know, like, this was my carbon footprint this year. Like if I took one plane flight somewhere and plus just everyday things, how do I know that? Is that something you'll be able to provide me with? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of great tools for that online. There are some great carbon calculators that you can use. Okay. 
but we decided to take a different approach. Um, we look at things more from the law of averages perspective. So what we did is we, we went with, uh, we know we did our research and we found that the average American's carbon footprint, um, at least in 2018, was around 21 tons of carbon. Um, so we took that data, took that figure, we extrapolated it, um, mm -hmm. and we also used a law of averages that say that in, in, the, in a 40-year lifespan, one tree will negate one ton of carbon. Now, obviously, we're not talking about redwoods here, but um, <laughs> okay. uh, obviously not every tree that's planted makes it to 40 years. So you have to, you know, the survival rate of the trees has to be factored in. So what we did is we originally created a program where we were planting eight trees per month. And we thought that that figure was a safe enough figure to say over a year that we could negate close to double the average American's carbon footprint. Um, but we were also using, you know, a okay. good portion of the membership fees for operation costs, et cetera. Um, so we decided recently, you know, we got to put our money where our mouth is. Uh, we're, we're currently um, seeking donations mm -hmm. from donors who actually want to put uh, money towards our operations so that we can have 95% of the membership fees go directly to planting trees. And that actually allowed us to... Um, you know, it was a bit of a journey. At first it was eight trees, then it was 16 trees. Now that we're not taking any operation money out of the membership fees, we're actually able to plant 25 trees. So the majority, yeah. And, and so with our oh calculations, we're, com we're confident and comfortable saying that that negates close to five times the average American consumer's carbon footprint. So it's 300 trees a year. We give ourselves a very, very low survivability rate um, of 33%, which would mean that 100 trees would make it to 40. Um, and 100 trees is about five times the 21 ton carbon, uh, average carbon footprint. That's amazing. That's a huge leap. And so if each person were to do this, like if I, if I did this for a year, how much of my carbon footprint am I covering is that just for the one year or is it every year that same amount i need to do yeah so what what we're doing um you know the way i look at it there's so many different subscription models out there that people are used to whether it's mm -hmm. insurance or netflix um i mean you could say rent your cell phone you know mm -hmm. people are willing to pay on a monthly basis um you know for your health insurance for your future uh why not for mm -hmm. the health of our planet so our program is designed, it's uh, $20 monthly. Um, we plant 25 trees a month. Uh, we're planting trees as long as we're getting your 20 bucks. When we don't get your 20 bucks, there's not much mm -hmm. we can do to help you. Yeah, let me ask the other end of this question, which is, do you have the resources on the other end to plant the trees? Yeah. Like, how are you, like, let's say, let's say uh, I share this story with my company where we have ton, like 4,000 people that are always looking for giving opportunities. And we start ramping up and the podcast gets a lot of attention and, you know, you you get the momentum. Um, how are you getting the trees planted? Yeah. Well, I wake up around 6am and <laughs> I go and I look for a place in New York city where I can put down a seed lane. No, um, <laughs> we, um, we actually have partnered with two incredible organizations. Okay. Um, we have, we have partnerships with the national forest foundation, which is the nonprofit arm chartered by Congress in 1992 of the U S forest service. Okay. Um, and they plant the majority of our 25 trees in U.S. national forests around the country. So there are Great. 150 
54 of them, I want to say, as of my last count. Okay. Um, and so they kind of, what they do is they split it up between a bunch of them so that if there is a fire or blight or something in the area that we don't have all of our progress wiped out. Um, mm -hmm. We also plant through another great organization that I want to say was founded in 1989. Don't quote me. Uh, the, um, well, I guess everything on here is quoted, huh? It's a podcast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what at the when we at the end on the show notes we'll make sure to give them the exact information so you're go. safe I love it. you're uh, safe with me yeah. I feel very safe thank you Jim. oh okay um, yeah the, uh, so they're trees for the future or trees.org um, okay they operate out of Africa and Asia and what they do is they um they work with families to create forest gardens so it's agroforestry so not only are they helping reclaim the land, um, they're also providing uh, sustenance for families as well as an actual product that they can sell. How is that then? So are they, explain that to me, like they would sell the trees? So no, um, these would be, these would be um, food producing trees. So oh, I gotcha. They, um, oh, that makes so much more sense because that would be the opposite of what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, they, um, they create yeah. forest gardens. So it gives nice. them a product that they can, you know, take to market and sell. It's a mm. wonderful program. I'm, I'm really hoping when we ramp up here that I get to, uh, you know, have some time to go out and visit them and see what they do and get out in the field with them. But they're wonderful people. Um, I'm actually supposed to sit down with the senior vice president, or I'm sorry, the executive vice president of the National Forest Foundation uh, in a couple of days, actually. He's coming to New York. I'm really excited to meet him. His name is Ray Foote. Great guy. Oh, how exciting. I mean, isn't that part of it too, though? It's just like when you, once you start on this path, the momentum of things that start to unfold is just unfathomable, right? Like a year ago, you probably had no idea you'd be meeting <laughs> meeting him. That's right. right. You know, um, when we first uh, were about to go live, I didn't even have any in-stone partnerships with any of these companies. I just, I figured that, hey, they're mm -hmm. nonprofits. They'll take our money. What do we need uh, an agreement with them for? Um, I, you know, mm -hmm. against, uh, <laughs> so my lawyer, she was like, that's uh, against my better judgment. I think you should probably lock someone down for that. So I went out, <laughs> I did my rounds, made some calls, and uh, this guy got on the phone with me. And uh, Ray was... You know, he he sensed my passion. Um, we spoke. He said, "Let me talk to my board." And he came back and actually told me that uh, he would respectfully uh, request an exclusive agreement with them. So they are our exclusive tree planting partners in the United States, um, which is, oh, wow. you know, I couldn't couldn't have uh, been better received by myself, my board, and the team. Um, I'm so happy. I'm like so happy about this. I feel like everybody's scared to do something big. They're scared to shake something up. Um, you know, I had, mm -hmm. I, I've been, I've been blessed with making some good financial decisions. I used to work on Wall Street, so I, I do pretty well for myself trading. So I, you know, I was able to kind of parlay that into being able to do something that was a little off the beaten path. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I made the commitment. I've sunk a considerable amount of money into getting this kind of off the ground. And I, I don't think I could have spent it anywhere better, except maybe on more stuffed animals for my daughter. <laughs> so 
Here's the thing. I was wondering if there have been any like obstacles or things like that, that you've had to overcome so far in creating this. Let's see. First and foremost, um, you know, ever since my mom passed, I've gotten very close to my father, um, you know, by necessity. And also because as I grow up, he just, I don't know, magically turns into such a better guy than I remember him when I was a teenager. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine me telling him that uh, I wanted to start a nonprofit. He's like, oh, so you don't want to make a profit. I was like, that's not what I said. <laughs> you know, um, this, our society, um, kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, uh, you know, we have this capitalistic society that, that, that really puts profit above all else. You know, the bottom line is the shareholder. Um, and it, it creates systems that, you know, really take away from the important things. Uh, it, it takes away from, I, I guess, you know, doing the right thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. we plunder and pillage the planet for relatively short-term gains without really thinking down the road of the ecological and environmental impact. And that's something that I feel very strongly about that, you know, I always wanted to change. So, you know, our, our program uh, we're developing right now, a, an environmental rewards program where brick and mortar businesses sign up with us. People download an app and it um, is going to be run off of Google Maps. And it shows the location of businesses that are willing to plant a tree on behalf of your, uh, on, in exchange for your consumerism. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah. So like as a business, we, we want to encourage, we, we left it open-ended enough that any business can join. Uh, we charge $2.50 per tree. Um, and the business, they get three blank fields where they can put in what a consumer would have to do for them to be obligated to plant the tree on their behalf. Then on the back end, the app user gets to actually um, keep track of how many trees have been planted for them. So they can see their impact and how changing their consumerism has helped plant all these wonderful trees. Um, plus, there's also a, there's a, a rewards uh, you know aspect to it where they get bonus points that they can spend either on the store uh, for more trees or for our merchandise, which you can never buy, only earn. We want. I mean, I feel like uh, I want people oh. to rock our gear with pride. Right. It's a weird thing, though, to really generate the momentum and the excitement around things. There has to be some of this. Well, if you want to get it, you have to play, you know, and and that's worth it. Yeah, yeah. We got we got some cool we got some cool gear. Um, I I look at us and I see in the future I want us to be like the Amazon Prime of mm. the environmental space. So I want you to pay for the membership, just like you pay for the free shipping, but then you get this whole other ecosystem of other products. So you get Prime Video, you know, Twitch, all these other services that they include. Um, I would love you know, eventually when we kind of have the demand, when we have the membership role uh, and we have that, that power behind us um, to kind of get some mission aligned uh, for-profit brands to give our members a small discount to help with the value proposition of having a mm -hmm. membership with us. So if, if you're putting your money where your mouth is, you're negating your carbon footprint, I'd love for the North Face to give a 10% online, you know, shopping discount on their, on their right, store. Right. Um, their margins are higher when you shop directly with them online um, and you're not going through a third party. So they could, they could afford something like that. Right. So we're targeting LL Bean, Patagonia, you know, the, uh, the, the environmental, uh, 
the, the environmental uh, re- retailers, if you will. Right. And that's a great idea because there's so much, there's so many people that are involved in that. But that's such a great model because it gives people, I mean, the companies that want to do this are, are kind of basically putting their money where their mouth is, you know, that this is who they want to be. And they're spreading the wealth to their um, to their consumers. It's awesome. Well, well that, that that goes back to our, you know, us talking about capitalism. Um you know, not many companies are willing to bastardize their bottom line to account for this carbon issue. Um, right. So the way I want to position Forest Founders and one of the things that we're pursuing, we want to be that third party solution. Mm-hmm. We have a couple other uh, programs that were, were they're kind of queued up in the development, but the, uh, the app is definitely first that I, I don't really want to discuss quite yet just because, uh, you know, they're so far out. I'm so excited to have this conversation and be part of this at the beginning where you're really starting to grow it. It's an incredible idea and has so much potential. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, that's uh, we, we put this together because there weren't enough there. I mean, sure. You can go and find a company, $1, one tree, plant a tree for me, but it wasn't, dare I say sexy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing else there. It's not engaging. And I knew that, you know, this, this is such a pressing issue. We have to do something that, that's engaging, something that really tugs at your heartstrings. I feel like we could be, you know, this, uh, the brand standard um, in the environmental nonprofit sector. Um, that's where I see us. Uh, you know, the Nature Conservancy, the Audubon Society, uh, the Sierra Club, uh, members of almost all of them, but, mm-hmm. you know, ha- trying to figure out what impact your donation is making is very difficult. Like, sure, you get a quarterly letter and they say, oh, this is what we've done. We've tried to pass some legislature here, there, and the other. But, you know, our system is, it's very simple. It's straightforward. It's, you give us 20 bucks a month, we plant 25 trees. Um, and then the companies that we're actually planting through, the majority of these trees are planted right here in the U.S. and U.S. national forests. Uh there's nothing political about it. Um, you know that these forests aren't going to be harvested for their timber, uh, mm-hmm. their lumber, I should say. Um, you know, it's uh, it's solid. This is um, right. And I could see, like, as a as a person signing up for it, which, by the way, I will be doing. I already went on and signed up. I just didn't finish my <laughs> pledge process, which I'll do right after we're done, because um, I want to plant trees. Love it. But I can see, like, um having a little bit of granularity at some point as you get bigger and bigger, like I would love to say, Hey, put my 20 bucks towards the California redwoods, you know, or, Hey, i really love um, this sort this particular animal whose forest is, you know, they've had deforestation in this area. It's affecting this particular animal. I want to help them, you know, like the gorillas, for example. Absolutely. So there's so many ways to like, um, get more people interested in it for different reasons than specifically the carbon footprint or trees. Going back to your, to your original question. I don't know how we, how we got to this point, (laughs) you know, what what bumps in the road there were, how we got to where we are. Right. Thank you for, for being the host and circling. This is a perfect segue. Um, You know, one of the, I I love that comment. I I love that uh, feedback. And one of the most important things that I've had to kind of overcome you know, I, I conceptualized this whole thing. Uh, so for me, I'm like, oh man, since I'm so smart, this is perfect and we don't have to change anything. And then I'm our only member. Um, <laughs> so that, that happens a lot to entrepreneurs. <laughs> they think that they got the, the golden formula. Um, 
and one of the things I had to really learn and, you know, uh, really internalize was I don't have all the answers by a long shot. You know, the market will determine where you end up by the degree of how well you listen to them. So for me, mm-hmm. uh, kind of putting, you know, my ego aside having some hubris and um, reaching out to the market and seeing what people like yourself uh, have to add that I think would be an incredible idea. We, we had something similar in mind, um, but we have to ramp mm-hmm. up. We have to get new partnerships, uh, but we would love to be able to, you know, as part of our transparency reports, let people know exactly where we're planting and, if we can, you know, get to that point, maybe rather than being um, something that we follow up on, uh, maybe we can get to the point where we can have a couple projects and you could decide where you want to put it. It's awesome because it also is engaging. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest challenge that we have is how to make this engaging. So I, I know you're saying that you checked out the website. We're mm-hmm. actually doing a full overhaul. There were a couple of things that weren't working, a couple of things that I wanted to work a bit better. Um, and the program that you'd see on the website today is for 16 trees a month. Um, so we are overhauling that we're going to be doing 25 starting next month. Um, and we got our, we got our new website that should be up any day. Also our current website, you know, I've, this is the fifth iteration, the first four I was in charge of. Um, and it took me that many to realize that I was, uh, if, if you don't mind my French, a shit website developer. <laughs> you know, they have experts for that. <laughs> the problem was I was paying experts a lot of money to not do what they wanted to do and just do what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wasted a lot of time and energy um, and resources. But, you know, we're at a point where, uh, you know, everything that I've done up until this point has been completely self-funded. Um uh, so mm-hmm. that gives me a little bit more uh, comfortability with paying the dumb tax, if you will, on my own. Mm-hmm. I feel like, all right, well, at least I'm the one who has to pay for them and it's not on somebody else. So uh, mm-hmm. I think we finally got the formula down. And now I don't have any say or input when it comes to website development. Uh, I leave it to the experts. And one of the things that I've learned to do more recently is to actually you know, go to my network, figure out who they know, how they can help and get this in front of some high level marketing people. We had this uh, incredible, um, you know, it was a blessing. We got uh, one of the higher level marketing people at PepsiCo to look it over and they gave me some great advice. Um, and I shared that with my development team. And that's where a lot of the redevelopment for this uh the new site is going to be coming from. So um, I'm going to ask you a couple of tree facts that I was wondering about. There was this really exciting study that came out in July of this year about um, like where scientists really felt they could prove how many trees that we, if we planted would basically change the path we're on for climate change. And I think it was something like um, a trillion. (laughs) It was a lot of trees. And, um, and I think people like, when I first heard that a while back before they really published the study, you know, I was like, oh, well, why doesn't everybody just go plant, you know, X number of trees? And then, you know, once we learned more about it, it was that you can't just plant them anywhere. They have to be planted in places that will actually support what we're trying to do. And then uh, that was a pretty interesting article to me, though. Is that something that, you know, fed into how you were deciding what to do next with your company? Yeah, I think it was more of a point of validation for us when I when I read those studies. Um, you know, mm-hmm. trees are Mother Nature's solution uh, to, to, to carbon. Um, 
and Mother Nature knows best. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been regulating herself for billions of years, and it's brought us to this sweet spot where we as a species can thrive. Um, when it comes to the trillion trees, reading that mm-hmm. was very daunting because the number a trillion is such an astronomical mm-hmm. amount. But then, you know, you think, how do we get there? And, um, you know, what we're doing with Forest Founders is we're trying to create the tools, like I was saying, you know, if we can harness the power of American consumerism to plant trees and to, you know, bring nature Mm -hmm. and economics into harmony, you know, that would be such a powerful force. So that's that's Mm -hmm. what we're aiming to do. We're trying to really harness American consumerism. We start here. I mean, I'd love to expand internationally. Um, really, you know, helping bridge mm-hmm. that gap as a as a third party uh, solution. So one of the, one of the programs that we're going to do, we're going to allow people to uh, we're going to allow businesses to generate codes where they make the rules on the code, and when a user signs up and then inputs the code the business gets charged. So it's like a B to B to C um, version of the business plan. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about customer acquisition costs, I think I read recently, oh geez, I might have the number upside down. I don't remember if it was 600 or 900, but that Ford, uh, not me, the, the motor company, almost, you know, six to $900 <laughs> in customer acquisition costs for each car it sells. Um, that's astronomical. Imagine if Ford said, all right, through Forest Founders, you know, we'll pledge $5 a month for five years. Um, they have the money. It would come within their, their, you know, how much they're spending for customer acquisition costs at the moment. They could actually, they could negate your carbon footprint for you, for you mm-hmm. buying a Ford. So kind of taking the YouTube model where YouTube, you know, through uh, uh, marketing and advertising, they allow for free video hosting and sharing. We want to do something similar using marketing dollars, uh, to benefit the environment. So that's why we're here. We're a nonprofit, but I, I will say there. So we're, I'm also in the process of creating a benefit corporation. Are you, are you familiar with benefit corporations? Um, well, why don't you describe it for me? Just so everybody knows. Absolutely. We got, so think of uh, like a foundation. Well, th- let me let me hit you with this one. So th- so think okay. about for-profit businesses as profits over people. Then think about nonprofits as people over profits. Um, okay. This sits squarely in the middle. This is where you have to have um, some kind of public benefit, um, but you're both. You're. I mean, it's not okay. it's not tax exempt like a nonprofit but it's a for-profit corporation um, where they know that the bottom line is not necessarily all profits. It's also providing a service that's for the greater public good. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to be for the uh, environmental rewards program. Since it's not a nonprofit model, it's not people making donations to plant. We're literally providing a business service with marketing. Uh, We had to create a separate entity to house the IP. So mm-hmm. Forest Founders is going to be the one who gets the exclusive license, but it will be licensed from uh, this public benefit corporation uh, that's uh, called Righteous Cause. Hmm. And you created I this? Did. 
I just like the name. Yeah, we, 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 we've got a lot of, um, we, we've got a lot of projects that we're going to start under there. I'm uh, in the process of putting together a business plan with my brother for vertical urban farming. Uh, there's an app I want to create to uh, help donate money to the homeless so that you can give them supplies through a shelter rather than having to give them cash on the street um, through QR codes. Uh, we've got a we've got a couple up our sleeve that we're gonna start with development on hopefully in the next uh, quarter or two. That's so exciting, and I love. It sounds like we have something in common, which is <clears throat> sometimes I feel like I'm a an idea beacon. Like ideas keep falling in my head. I don't have time to do them all and I want to do them all. Like, so I'll share this one with you since you talked about uh, righteous cause. It's very radical. So brace yourself. Radical. Okay. With it. So, oh, <laughs> me too. So in my, I live in a small town and downtown right now, there happen to be like half the storefronts are vacant, which is really sad. Or nearby is a bigger city called Madison. And, you know, there's like, uh, a huge, uh, the Sears went out of business, for example, and some other big, big, uh, big box stores. And so there's these huge vacant buildings and there's homeless people. Right. And I'm like, I've always said like, why can't we let homeless people stay in these buildings and at least have shelter versus sleeping on the street? And everybody has all the reasons why that's a bad idea because they'll, you know, they think, well, they'll trash the building. This will happen or that'll happen. And I thought, what about if we say, if your building is vacant for six months, then you are required to start opening it up for homeless people. And um, by doing that, you'll get, uh, you won't have to pay property taxes when you have to open it up. And so there's this like, you know, potential benefit to the owner because then they, they get some property tax relief on a building they aren't actually utilizing. And then the best part of this whole scenario is there is a legal agreement that the homeless have to sign as they come in and they'll be, you know, ver um, educated about what it's about, but basically saying that the owner has no liability to what happens to them. Like, so if there's some damage, there's like, like there's no liability to uh, like, or if they fall, right. If they fall at the building and they can't sue the owner because they had a fall. So anyway, it's this idea of saying, of motivating people not to have these empty buildings sitting around and making them useful because it's such a waste, you know? I love the idea. I think that that is radical. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I think because we're so litigious as a nation, we, you know, there, there are so many different factors that go into that. Mm -hmm. I love the waiver idea. I think that really, like, I had so many things jumping around my mind and you said that. And I'm like, oh, look at that. She just spoke to all of right. them at once. Yep. I'm all uh, over it. Like, what's the other thing? And the idea, though, is to really um, also inspire people to not have all these vacant buildings. You know what I mean? The other side of that, I'll, I'll hit you with two points. First, great segue for me to give a give a little plug. Yang Gang, uh, Andrew Yang, I think is a visionary. Um, he has some incredible ideas. Um, and when you talk about all these empty storefronts, you know, the fact that Amazon gets away without paying taxes because they're constantly in growth, you know, constant growth cycles. Mm -hmm. um, when they put all of these small town businesses out of business is atrocious right. um but speaking more specifically about your idea you know i'm in i'm in new york city uh we have the population uh that you know you should not fail as a business there shouldn't be any empty storefronts here but you'd be surprised you know because the real estate is so expensive 
there are developers who who almost want their their property sitting vacant so they can you know basically take that against some of their profits in other sectors um, mm. for tax benefit purposes and to me it's disgusting um, well that's my- the point of it yeah that's why I thought if we can say you know after this point you you've had to find a solution in six months or I think or you either have people living in there or there's more fees or something it, like that. It would be radical. Um, right. You use it as a solution for the homeless population. I thought, you know, I, I've also had the, the similar thoughts, but rather than tackling the homeless crisis, uh, uh-huh. my thought was that after a certain amount of time, you're no longer allowed to write off the full retail value. Uh, and then over time, it diminishes so that there isn't as much of, you know, a, of a reason for you to keep a storefront vacant. Um, right. There should be no write-off if you, you know, after a certain amount of yeah. time, because there's, yeah. that show, there's just not effort to get the, the, um, get it used again, get it, you know, in production again or whatever. These are, you know, problems that I think uh, stem directly from capitalism. Um, right. Like I'm definitely not a communist. I'm not a socialist. I like making a buck. Don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of inherent, you know, issues Um that really one of the reasons I love Andrew Yang so much is that there have to be data-driven solutions. Everybody else is a politician. Mm-hmm. He loves the data. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of very creative solutions. Uh, you know, we decided to tackle the carbon crisis, and this was my creative solution, Forest Founders. Um, but there, mm-hmm. you know, there need to be creative solutions applied across the board, which is one of the reasons I love the Benefit Corporation. Um, you know, and that. It, it should never be people over profits or profits over people. We need to think it's people and profits. We need to be prosperous. We need to have empathy mm-hmm. as well as, you know, showing that you have a profitable business. It's, it's not enough, you know, to do one or the other. I really believe that, that we need an overhaul of kind of our, our priorities as an economic system. There's such a sense of greed and that greed can just be for pure greed or for fear or something like that, whatever it is that drives people to think that they continually need more money. But I think that like at the end of your life, wouldn't it be better to have a legacy that you left something better on the planet than when you started? You know what I mean? Or you left something. I think you know my stance on that one. I know that. I know that. But that's what I, I don't understand why people don't think that. Generally speaking, because you look at artists that have left art that we forever will, you know, enjoy or scientists who have changed the world or, I mean, even, even with my little podcast, I think I am so, sometimes I'm, I'm so excited just knowing that my kids and grandkids and their grandkids will get to hear me having an authentic conversation with someone who's following their passion. (laughs) Well, I know I'm definitely going to be, uh, Coming back to this one in, in a number of years with my daughter when she's old enough to appreciate the convo. Right, right. So, okay, before I go off on some total soapbox there. Um, all right, so we know that people can sign up for 20 bucks and get 25 trees planted, which is awesome, and I'll be doing that. Now, I think just to give them a little bit more of a feel for who you are, can you tell me three random facts? Yeah. Um, about yourself. I was adopted at birth. No way. I adopted both of my sons. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. My, uh, my, my mom was actually, she, she was having trouble conceiving. And when they got the call, um, well, actually it was a, it was a long story. Uh, 
Here, I'll, I'll hit you with it. My birth mom had uh, some mm-hmm. tremendous difficulty uh, finding a good family to have me adopted into. And um, I'll save you some of those unsavory details. Uh, skip to the end. She, a friend told her that they have at the abortion clinics an adoption uh-huh. counselor. Uh-huh. So she waited through a picket line in the mid 80s when that was all the rage and uh, sat with the counselor. And he had a binder full of parents, like Trump had a binder full of women, real impersonal, binder full of parents. Um, so uh, she was flipping through the pages and she came across my mom and my mom's smile. And she was just, she's like, I, these are the ones. And the adoption counselor looked over the table, slammed his hand down on the page, ripped it out of the binder, crumbled it up, threw it in the trash can and said, oh, I'm sorry, they, uh, they aged out. We haven't, we haven't really gone through these binders in a while. And she she choked up, and uh, she said, "Yeah, that was really emotional for me. Can can do you, do you have some water? Can you get me some water?" So uh, he was like, "Yeah, sure." So he got up, went out of the room to get her some water. She went into the trash can, dug, that, dug it out, and she uh, she was gone. By the time he got back, uh, she called my dad collect from a payphone, and uh, you know when it asks you uh, who who you are in the recorded line, she said, "A pregnant woman." <gasps> I am like full so, of goosebumps and practically in tears right now. So oh my gosh. I, uh, I'd say my, my birth mother and my mother are my two heroes because my, my mother was an angel on earth and now she's my angel forever, always looking out for me and sending, sending uh, you know, when I say universing 101, I always think of her when something good happens. Mm. Like, what she did. Um, my daughter's birthday was the uh, day of the unicorn meteor showers. I was like, look at that. It's a, a gift from your grandma. Oh, my um, gosh. That's such a great story. Um, do you still, just out of curiosity, are you still in contact with your birth mom? So after my mother passed away, uh, I graduated college the next year, which was very difficult, but I still managed to stay on track. Um, I actually, uh, through the tragedy, I had a friend uh, who I knew before that I got very, very close with. And now, uh, she's my wife. We we decided to go on a cross country road trip. And when we were going through Oregon, uh, you know, we were driving and I'm like, I just got to know. So I called my father. He, uh, gave me uh, enough details to find her, but I didn't want to push it on her. So I hired a private investigator to uh, be the first point of contact. And sure enough, you know, it was, yes, yes. I'd love to meet him. We got together and uh, we, to this day, still have a, you know, we have a great relationship. It was an incredibly gratifying experience and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for it every day because I know that, you know, there aren't many stories like that out there. There are a lot more that end in, you know, heartbreak where, you know, the parent says, oh, I wish things would have been different and I hadn't, you know, gone through with it or have no interest in meeting with the child. So I feel blessed. Um, I have a half sister who's out in Seattle kicking ass, working for Microsoft. Nice. Nice. That's handy when you're developing apps, right? Here's a nice random fact that's actually related to my business, um, to Forest Founders. Uh, our, our logo is uh, trees behind a squirrel, a little squirrel with a nut. So, uh, the squirrel's name is Seymour Squirrels. He's our honorary CEO. Uh, he's who I report to. I love squirrels. I've always loved squirrels. I hand feed the squirrels down in Battery Park City. The, all the tourists think it's a hoot. Um, and I love squirrels. Random fact, squirrels are the planet's most prolific tree planters. 
Really? They are. How so? Well, they, they gather and then bury their nuts uh, for the winter, and they don't have the biggest brains, so sometimes <laughs> they cannot find where they hid them. Oh. Um, let's see, a third random fact. Oh, man. I mean, I could go with I have a husky. I, I love my husky. I have uh, the world's, well, what I want to say is the world's mm. cutest husky. She's a little diva. Her name is Foxy Lady. So that's amazing. And I'm so excited for your company. I can't wait to see where this goes like a year from now and watching it. It's going to be really I exciting. Think, I think the tools that we're going to be building grows. to really bridge the gap between businesses and the environment are going to really change the game. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Le Pan Quotidien. I don't know if they, uh, I don't know if you have one of those by you, but they're pretty, they're pretty uh, popular up here in the city. It's like a little French what cafe is it? slash bistro. What is it? They're a chain. They're, I do not decent, have that. You know? I want that. Um, not my favorite, but they have this mm-hmm. salad. I think it's called the Karma Salad, something like that. And everyone that's ordered, uh, they plant a mm-hmm. tree through the NFF, our partner. So I love it. I know that there are a lot of that's companies so out there that cool. want to do it. We need something that you can right. track the progress, that you can go into your user profile, like we have at Forest Founders, um, that allows you to see how many trees are planted. You know, um, mm-hmm. one thing that I didn't really mention, the gamification aspect, we give bonus points. So we give, out of the $20 that comes in, we give $4 back in the form of bonus points that you can spend on planting up to six more trees for a total of 31, or, which means literally one tree for every day mm-hmm. of even the long ones, um, or you can use that for our merchandise. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to be engaging. We're trying to be inclusive uh, for the rewards app. One of the things that we're building into it, if you're not a Forest Founders member, then obviously you don't have a way to kind of spend those points. So what we're doing is the 50 cents worth of points that we'd be mm-hmm. giving uh, for you getting a tree planted. Instead, you pick your favorite environmental nonprofit. Um, you know, we're going to be partnering with the Sierra Club, the Audubon Society, the Nature Conservancy. Right, um, right. And we want to offer them as an option where if you plant a tree through Forest Founders, we'll actually donate 50 cents to them. So we're we're not trying to be competition for anybody. We have a solution. We have the tools. And we want to, we want to create partnerships. We want to be all-inclusive. We want people to really have an understanding that this is, I know I talk about, you know, people over profit or profit over people. This is, this transcends all of that. This is, this is a solution based nonprofit. We are trying to build the tools to truly allow individuals and businesses to become carbon accountable. It's amazing. I mean, it's such a great business model and yet it's hard to call it a business because you're doing so much good for the world. So Thank you for listening to those ideas that you know, pop uh, in your head all the time no and doing something about it. There's no point living a life unless it's a life fulfilled. Um, <laughs> and that means, that means following your heart. And uh, right. yeah, I'll, leave you, I'll leave you with, let's see, two or three things. I know, right? Usually people are like with one thing. Um, you know, I do this because okay. I, I want to feel that pride. You know, I did everything so I could make my mom smile. And now I, I, I'll never be able to make my mom smile. It's something mm-hmm. that was very hard for me to accept, but it's not completely true because um, now I have her inside and I feel her in my heart every day. And when I know that I'm living to my fullest potential and I'm pushing these things forward, I feel it in inside. I feel it within myself. I know that she's there smiling and I, I get that same sense um, and it's incredibly fulfilling. So in that same vein, the weekends, oh my gosh, like 
I'm an entrepreneur, so I get to wake up every morning with my daughter. I get to, as long as I'm not in an appointment or talking to you beautiful people, you know, I get to spend a lot of time with my 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 wife, my dog, my my beautiful baby girl. Um, so like the weekends are like the bane of my existence. I don't get I don't get my contractors. <laughs> the stock market isn't open. I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the point? <laughs> Like, come on, what do we need these two days for? And I feel like when you are a successful entrepreneur, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that live their life nine to five, paycheck to paycheck, that that count down the hours till they can leave, till they can go home, till they can disconnect. I I feel like when you're successful, there are never enough hours in the day. And I've I I felt I felt that way for for you know a a while now. That's totally true. I didn't feel that way until you know, I started doing Forest Founders, which I really do truly believe is my calling. Um, and I just have this sense of pride that is incredible. It's energizing. Mm. It makes me, it, it gives me a zest and a zeal for life. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, it is, it's, it's everything I feel like it's a, a parent would want for their child and, and yeah. having that feeling and owning it, like nothing can touch me. I, the word that came in my head was unstoppable. It's unstoppable. You're unstoppable because what you're carrying with the energy that you're carrying this with, you know, I can only I, you, succeed. There's no it way it comes right can, back to I the whole uh, problems versus solutions. Uh, it, it will take incredibly, you know, um, mm-hmm. just creative solutions to actually be able to target, you know, to tackle this stuff. Greta Thunberg getting the time person of the year award. Incredible. I love it. She's waking all these people up and she's triggering so many people who have their heads stuck in the sand. But, you know, we, we need the next generation. We need their voices, but more than voices, we need tools. We need to give them tools that they can actually use to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tax breaks for the rich, tax breaks for companies that, you know, just want to be in constant growth cycle. That's that's not cutting it. That's not going to move the needle in the right direction. We need progressives. We need scientists. We need data. Right. We need tools, 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 tools. Right. And you've got it. I will and call I, and myself I'm... a tool. Edit it <laughs> however you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like you should, you should definitely uh, message Greta on Instagram and tell her about your tool because about your, what you're doing with forest founders, because I bet she would get the word out too. And it's not like we want to use her for the, for our own profit, but use her, give her tools basically to share with yes. people that are simple ways to contribute. Yes. This is a simple way to contribute. 100%. Um, so tell us your website so people can find you. Yeah, real simple. Forestfounders.org. F-O-R-E-S-T-F-O-U-N-D-E-R-S.org. Um, you can find us, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all at Forest Founders. So it's okay. nice and simple. Um, all right. Yeah, we, uh, we're just, we're cranking here. You know, we, above all, we need to spread the message. We need people to be aware of the tools because a tool in a shed doesn't do anybody any good. Yep. And we're going to make that happen because I'm pretty excited about this. I already, um, and thinking about other people I want to share this episode with who I know are doing things of this nature, that they'll be ready to jump in. So I'm very excited. That, that would be incredible. I'll tell you, you know, I, 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 to this day, I have, I have not taken a single cent in salary. Um, this for me is a real passion project. This is something that I'm incredibly mm-hmm. motivated to get done. And I know, you know, the rest will fall in line. This isn't about a cash grab. This is about maximizing the potential of the program. 
That's why 95% of the money goes right back into either bonus points to gamify and keep people engaged or into the actual planting of trees. Um, you know, and that, that 5% is mostly credit card processing fees. So we, uh, we try to maximize the impact. And I know there are a lot of people out there who, once they have that understanding and, and, and truly see the integrity and just the passion behind this, I'm looking for all the like-minded people. I'm, I, you know, the, the more the merrier. Well, I'm excited. And when I get this posted up, I really would encourage listeners, um, if you're joining to like post a note, a comment out on the, you know, the, the glistening particles, Instagram or Facebook, and just let us know you jumped in too, because I'm so excited to see what momentum we can gain here. Absolutely. I, um, I'll leave you with the, with something that I'm really proud of. Uh, my PR team is incredible. Interdependence PR. Uh, they're the ones that connected me with you. Uh, they actually got me a last minute spot on an entrepreneur reality what? show um, that's being wrapped around to some networks. So I'm really hoping that I'm hoping that the timing works out. If we get picked up by a network, it would probably be sometime around February, which means we'd be shooting around March, April, um, and then probably for the next couple months. And that will be right around when our environmental rewards program, uh, the beta, is going to be able to launch. So we're going to launch the beta in Manhattan. Um, and I'm hoping that we can get you know all that on tape, everything that that entails, the struggles, the tribulations. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, if we can if we can package that into some incredibly compelling content, I think that would be one of the best introductions when we go national with our program. If people could, you know, just watch the show, see what I'm all about, and see my journey right there on Netflix or Apple TV, it's uh, you know, a, it's a blessing. That's, oh really my gosh! Is. I look at everything that's coming into me is, I I I get overwhelmed at times. You know, I I said at the beginning of this of this uh. I think at the beginning of the podcast, you know, there, there are days I know how daunting of a task this is. There are days where I wake up and I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? But just as I, I mean, that's such a small percentage compared to the awe that I'm in from the response I get mm -hmm. and from that feeling of pride that I'm, I'm tackling, you know, an incredibly difficult challenge. But, you know, I'm, I'm throwing myself at it and I, I encourage everybody who wants to be a part of this reach out to me. I, um, I, as I said, this has all been based on feedback. I understand if I let my ego get in the way, this doesn't happen. Uh, I need to listen to the marketplace. If you think I'm doing something wrong, that's a hell of a lot more valuable than you giving me a shout out and telling me I'm doing something right. I hear you. And I think um, we will definitely be doing that, but I can't wait more so to see how things are going like and circle back with you in three months or six months and see how things are going. It's going to be really exciting to watch. And I love the fact that you as an individual are making a dent in something that will change the world. You're doing it. I'm, tr I'm trying. Yeah. You know, I got a, my, 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 I'd say two of my heroes, uh, the biggest one by far. And she's the, st the shining star is my mom, you know, mm -hmm. just taking everything who she was, her big personality. She was an executive over at Prudential. She kind of made her own career path. She was, uh, a curator for uh, art galleries and private collections. And it was her passion. So seeing her chase her passion and live such a happy, fulfilled life gave me, uh, you know, just an incredible start, uh, a, you know, starting point. Um, my other hero, my other hero, Elon Musk, he um, just the tenacity he throws himself into his projects. He knows it's make or break it. He's not tackling the small stuff. He's giving us the tools 
just as much as I am to combat climate change. You know, we have to electrify the grid. We have to electrify transportation. Um, we have to divest from fossil fuels. We have to start, you know, the space age, space exploration. Just having that as a goal created so much incredible technology that we use here terrestrially that, mm-hmm. you know, I think what he's doing with SpaceX is just in, incredible. He's, uh, you know, the how hard he works is a real motivator for me. And uh, Oh, that's that's so good, though. And that's the thing we want to attribute. We want to recognize these people who are kind of waking us up. I'll tell you, my favorite thing to do in life is to help transition my friends from being reactionary to mm-hmm. being on top of things and, and getting ahead of things. I feel like there's so much potential in this country that's squandered because people are living paycheck to paycheck and they can't afford mm-hmm. rent. And just this capitalistic society that we have, it's one of the reasons, once again, plug for Andrew Yang, UBI, it would allow so many people to really discover their passion and see that when you chase your passion, how much more fulfilling life could be. But not only fulfilling, it makes you want to recognize more of your inner potential. And we need Mm -hmm. those people to get out there and to, you know, build their crazy starships. I mean, I know Elon's a little bit different, but... Imagine right. this country full of, you know, intelligent people were working towards creating a better future than to making sure that they could survive. It, it would. Exactly. Or, or, you know, like helping find a way to let homeless people stay in vacant buildings rather than sleeping in the streets in the middle of winter. You know, it's little things and big things. You know what Absolutely. I mean? They all matter. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm going to, um, I can't wait to share your story with everyone. And I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I know as soon as we get off, there's going to be so many more things that I wish I had included. <laughs> so I, I really, really hope that we can circle back. Uh, this has been an incredible journey. And above all else, I'd love sharing it with people because I know how inspiring it is because of how inspired I feel waking up every day. And I want people to feel that. That is, that's an ultimate goal of mine. I, I love sharing that entrepreneur mentality and just, you know, helping people feel like they can pick themselves right up. I know. it's That's the difference. That's the game changer right it is there. Pride. Well, I will be back. I will be back with you. And we'll um, we'll do a part oh, two. Man. And here we are. at. a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, taking all this time and working through these technical difficulties with me. Uh, this has been incredibly enlightening. I can't, I can't wait to, to hear uh, how it all comes together on uh, the Glistening Particles podcast. All right. Well, take care and I'll be in touch again. It was great meeting you. All right, Jane. Have a a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to just click stop. Well, as you can tell, that pushed all my buttons, right? (laughs) Um, Adoptive mom, um, all the stories, the um, planting trees, being inspired, all of that. Every button is pushed. But I also want to tell you why I'm sitting here smiling as I record this um, outro to the episode because I went and looked at my subscription on on Forest Founders and since interviewing him before the holidays, I've planted 32 trees and earned 400 reward points. So it really works. It's really happening. And that makes me super happy. So I hope you'll take the time to go out there and check out Forest Founders and reach out to him and keep an eye on what he's doing from a corporate perspective because I think there's going to be so much more coming and other ways we can all make a difference in the world. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time.
So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.